0: Hello and welcome to the BG podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group. We have with us today returning guest Ed Latson, the CEO of the Austin Regional Manufacturers Manufacturing Association, or ARMA. Welcome back to the show, Ed. Hey, AJ, good to see you. Uh, we're we're continuing a topic we've been speak or we've been discussing the last uh probably you know, almost six months or maybe almost a year. Um, but it's about the CHIPS Act. And specifically today, we're talking about the Texas Chips Act, which was an initiative. That was uh, announced uh, earlier this month, on March fifteenth, uh, with the support of Governor Greg Abbott. There are two bills that have been filed: one by Senate Finance Committee Chair Joan Huffman, and one by House Appropriations Committee Chair Greg Bonin. Those are SB twenty two eighty eight and HB fifty one seventy four, and we have links to those in the show notes. But both these bills would, or it was it, the the proposal is the the Texas Texas creating. Helpful incentives to produce semiconductors or chips Act, Texas Chips Act. Um, there's a lot, a lot in there. But Ed, I want to just turn to you and just what's your take on this? Um, you know, we've again we've, we spoke with the Chips Act, the, the federal Chips Act, and what that could mean for the region. What are members saying about this? Were they involved in it, going in in it and an arm as well?
1: Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, another great example of the governor showing some leadership around economic development and making sure the state has the tools it needs to really attract world class companies. Um, I think the the lightning rod that set this off was um, Texas losing micron. You know, that was a big deal. Uh, that We're, was refreshing
0: that for our listeners. That was the, that was a, a deal that was going happen in Caldwell County is southeast of Austin
1: correct yeah I think um it was supposed to go into Lockhart uh you know initially was a 20 billion dollar project a lot of thought that it was going to go up into the 40 50 billion dollar range it's an American company that's important in the semiconductor sector just a massive economic investment and uh New York stole it from Texas by you know throwing in everything they could and and really having this massive incentive package And uh, there's no reason for them to be in New York. I mean, Texas has um, a better operating environment, uh, better workforce, you know, every business reason uh, says that they should be in Texas. But, um, you know, the economic incentives one at the end of the day, I think this is partly in response to that. Um, That's one thing. The the second thing is that, you know, there's so much happening from the federal level on chips. Um, This is a way for Texas to bring some coordination and organization to all the entities here that are going to be involved with, um, you know, production and and uh, the semiconductor sector locally and nationally. So I think it's a really exciting tool. Um, It's going to create some interesting things in regard to a consortium of semiconductor companies and academia that comes together as on a leadership um, task force. As well as the money that can incentivize um, expansion and development, so I, you know I'm very optimistic. I think it's it shows a lot of leadership and forethought from the uh, governor and um, the house. Talking into this
0: too, I know you know th- there have been discussions around the Chapter 313 uh, program and bringing that back incentive program, bringing that back in some form uh, or fashion this session. I know that expired into the, the, the end of the year last year. Uh, just what what are you hearing around that?
1: Yeah, I think I'm really glad you brought that up because I don't think that um, the Texas CHIPS Act alone is going to be enough to really ensure that we get these major investments. I think it's going to have to require some sort of property tax abatement program as well, like the replacement for 313. And um, I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, the, that the legislature can can pass some sort of program that will enable that as well. So what are you hearing? You think uh, there's going to be a replacement?
0: No, I'll add I'll, a I'll, uh, I'll link to that in the show notes. I mean, I know there was discussions of that just kind of based around a lot, you know, losing Micron and other just in the other, other factors that just from the point of the, the point of like officials make Texas look less competitive for economic development. And one point two, I think for our audience who aren't, who, for those who aren't aware of, Economic development, both on the local side, the regional side, and state side, um, states are in constant competition, competition with each other. It's not just t- every state has some way or form is trying to recruit companies to their states, as do cities and counties, and they all work in conjunction a lot of times. But it's a competitive market for corporate location, site selection, and such. You know, if we look at the high-profile case er, uh, cases. Uh, Instances like uh, remember the the, the Amazon it was HQ2, yeah. uh, but even uh, with Samsung, right, and their expansion in the, into Williamson County, um, it's it's it, it's not as companies just come to places they want to come to. There are the there are factors to it a lot. You know, and states are proactively trying to get those businesses in their markets from the for for the work for the jobs it creates, but also for the tax base it gets pumped into it um and just it strengthens for the strength it strengthens or diversifies diversifies rather uh you know an economy
1: yeah boy I, I think um when you look at the property tax base that so a semi- semiconductor can bring you know uh for instance Samsung's the biggest property taxpayer in Texas and that's before they built this extra 20 billion dollar plant in Taylor you know we're talking about mega capital investment and that's one of the reasons why we have to have these tools because taxes is not a competitive property tax state we're ranked something like 47th worst tax burden uh, in the united states so if if they're gonna win these really mega capital intensive businesses they have to be able to offer some kind of tax abatement and um you know people get upset or can get upset seeing it as a tax giveaway it's not it's just a discount you know like if if um somebody like Samsung or another big company is going to end up paying you know a hundred million dollars in taxes over five years and um instead they're paying 95 uh 95 million you know it's a discount it's it's not a giveaway well, so
0: we saw we saw that my muted or no, not we saw that just you know in Austin last uh in you know in the fall just with uh you know Austin ISD had an application before them from I think it was NFP semiconductors uh, right. And some of the same arguments being made by you know, certain stakeholders about the nature of the program, and I think that's kind of the, you know, that. From what I've seen in my experience, that's the common refrain. But ultimately, it's these jobs are going to go someplace, right? And it's yeah, I mean, it's 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 competitive. Do you want them in Austin or you want them not in Austin? But like they're going to go someplace. And is it worthwhile to have you know? you think of you know, just recruiting talent to the city right and all the ripples of that we want that or not
1: you know uh, I think that school board decision is a fantastic example of some really short-sighted uh political pressure that made a short-sighted decision um you know they declined nxp's application for a 313 agreement and um you know I know that there are a lot of groups working against it but the truth of the matter is nxp has a, a very long legacy of serving uh you know underserved populations in Austin and Central Texas uh they provide these great jobs for uh people without college degrees and give them a pathway to the middle class if we're talking about affordability in the city like we need companies like NXP and Samsung and these others to um you know provide these good jobs but um another thing that's a factor in that is to be eligible for chips funding from the federal government you have to receive local incentives as a match And if school boards are gonna decline to give, you know, fine upstanding companies, these incentives, how are they gonna get that local match? I'm questioning when I read the language in this Texas CHIPS Act bill, if um, this is a vehicle for Texas to support some of these companies through an incentive and that qualifies a match. I'm not positive about that, but I see some language in there that makes me think that might be possible. So Mm -hmm. that could be another factor in play.
0: I'm looking at right now you're looking at some of the, the bullets of the language but you know the bill would also create the texas semiconductor innovation fund which will support colleges universities and businesses with funding for manufacturing design you have the let's see the texas semiconductor innovation consortium uh which would include you know 18 of the university systems in texas um possibly yeah i think there's i think ultimately right these bills both bills again just got filed or sent to committee last week so They'll be working through the process steadily this next month. Session ends May 29th, so I expect heavy action on these. I mean, it has to support of the governor and the appropriations and finance chair. I, some things are going to come out of this, but ultimately, you know, for, again, for the for legislative process, for those who aren't aware, most likely the, the bill will go out into conference committee and be hashed out. I doubt there'll be much difference in them, and you know, we'll, we'll see what ends up in the governor's desk.
1: Yeah, I I think
0: we'll see in in about two months, too, on that.
1: Well, and I think specifically the language I was interested in, and it says, uh, you know, creates a semiconductor innovation fund. And um, this fund will be able to issue grants to private businesses with an established presence within the state to encourage economic development related to semiconductor manufacturing design. So I think there's some flexibility there. And and I totally agree with everything you said, you know, we'll see what comes out here in a couple months. And I I think uh, overall, what what I'm excited about is this is just another tool that's going to help us be one of the strongest semiconductor ecosystems in the United States. I really feel like we have something special here, you know, we have the fabs that make the chips, we have the tool makers like Applied Materials in Tokyo Electron that, that give the tools to the semiconductors uh, to help them make their chips, and then we have the suppliers that, that support all these businesses and make it a really dynamic place uh we hosted the um secretary of commerce um Gina Ramondo, a couple weeks ago and she was super impressed with uh the ecosystem here she really felt like this was a great area for investment from the Department of Commerce and um you know what the governor is doing is just only going to further that and it just shows we're all collaborating we're all really aligned that uh this is an industry that provides a lot of value
0: Well said, Ed. And again, I think what we should plan on doing is just uh, we'll be be tracking the bills. And as they proceed, uh, love to have have you back on. Maybe to talk about, we talk about the aftermath once we have a consensus bill out. But we'll know that in short order uh, by mid part of uh, Q2. Lastly, any other programs coming with the ARMA this quarter or the near term?
1: Well, you know, uh, we have a lot of stuff going on, uh, starting to plan for our conference uh, conferences coming up in September. But before that, we have our workforce summit in April that we uh, host with Austin Community College and other educational partners. Um, and that should be pretty exciting. I'm going to hear from industry and uh, some experts on, you know, what's what's the state of the workforce and where are the gaps and what do we need to be working on to make sure manufacturers here have the best workforce in the region. So great. You're Is welcome there, to come out of that. hope you make it.
0: I, I will be there. Is there is there information uh, posted yet about that? We can put the show notes.
1: You know, we just got the uh, email out today, but we'll definitely um, give you some information to post out to your members, to your, uh, to your listeners. Yeah, yeah, to your listeners, there you go.
0: <laughs> All right, Ed, uh, thank you for your time. Ed Ladson is the CEO of the Austin Regional Manufacturing, Manufacturing Association, or ARMA. Uh, Ed, we look forward to have you back on in the near term.
1: Always fun talking. Appreciate the opportunity.
0: Thank you for listening to the BG Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share with your colleagues. The BG Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. The BG Podcast is a product of the Bingham Group LLC, an Austin-based lobbying firm serving businesses, nonprofits, and trade associations at the municipal and state level. You can learn more about the Bingham Group at www.binghamgp.com. That's B-I-N-G-H-A-M-G-P.com. And for the latest firm news and content updates, follow us on LinkedIn. We'll have a link in the show notes. Thank you.